0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: God's not finished with them as a nation. God hasn't abandoned them. They've abandoned God, but God hasn't abandoned them. God promises never to leave us nor forsake us. And this vision, it tells the people that God still has a future plan for His people, and really the best is yet to come for His people. And that's true for us too. The best is yet to come for the people of God. One day we'll be with Jesus in heaven, we'll be free from this world, free from sin.
0: Do you ever feel like the Jewish people when they were in captivity, abandoned by God? They had news that the best was yet to come through Ezekiel's vision. You see, Jesus sets Ezekiel's and the Jews' minds on the future with Him. Today, Pastor Dan will note that Ezekiel had a detailed vision of what the temple will look like when Jesus returns. There is a temple that will stand during the tribulation that the Bible mentions. This structure is not of God, and it will house devastation. Set your mind on Christ. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 42, for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: Tonight we're going to be back in the book of Ezekiel, to Ezekiel chapter 42 for me. That's where we left off, as we are in this this final section of the book of Ezekiel. This final section began with chapter 40, goes to the end of Ezekiel chapter 48. So Ezekiel 42 tonight, well just as kind of a review for us, uh, Ezekiel and the Jewish people are in captivity in Babylon. At this point, uh, their nation has been conquered and destroyed, their capital city of Jerusalem and the temple that was in Jerusalem have been destroyed and ruined. They've been burned to the ground by the Babylonians. And the defeat and destruction of Judah was the judgment of God against that nation. Scripture makes that really clear to us as we've seen in these studies through the, the prophets, that uh, this was the judgment of God against that nation because the nation had turned its back on God and had turned its back on God's laws, which is a sobering reminder to us that God judges nations morally, God is not indifferent to the morality. Of a nation. He doesn't just turn a blind eye to the morality of a nation. Uh, The people of Judah had fallen into thinking that because they were God's chosen people and because they were God's special nation, that it didn't really matter how they behaved. They believed that they had some immunity to God's judgment. You know, God judges other nations, but God would never judge our nation. Not us, the chosen people of God. It's never going to happen. But it did happen. The Bible tells us that God is the respecter of no man, or in this case, no no nation. And God disciplines those whom he loves. The people of Judah were surprised by this. They even had false prophets that were telling them, God's never going to allow this to happen to us. And then it happened. And the nation was destroyed, and the people were carried away to Babylon. And the people in Babylon, the Jewish people, they were, they were disillusioned by the destruction of their nation. Again, they never thought it could happen to their nation, but it did. And it's in this context, in the captivity, that Ezekiel receives this vision of the kingdom age. He receives this vision of the kingdom age. He, he receives this vision of the regathering and restoration of Israel in the kingdom age. And this, this vision communicates to the Jewish people that are sitting in Babylon, disillusioned by what has happened. It communicates to them that God's not finished with them. God's not finished with them as a nation. God hasn't abandoned them. They've abandoned God, but God hasn't abandoned them. God promises never to leave us nor forsake us. And this vision, it tells the people that God still has a future plan for his people. And really the best is yet to come for his people. And that's true for us too. The best is yet to come for the people of God. One day we'll be with Jesus in heaven. We'll be free from this world, free from sin, in glory with God's people. And for the Jewish people sitting in captivity you know, shell-shocked by what has happened to their country, this vision gives them that comfort. It gives them that hope about the future. But e- Ezekiel is seeing the kingdom age. When Christ is reigning upon the earth, he's seeing down through history to the kingdom age when Christ returns. You know, Colossians tells us, Colossians tells us to seek those things which are above where Christ is is sitting at the right hand of God and to set our mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. We should set our minds on our future with Jesus. And here, God is setting Ezekiel's mind and the mind of the Jewish people in captivity on their future with Jesus, on the kingdom age. And as we've seen in this section of Ezekiel, God gives Ezekiel a very detailed description of the Kingdom Age temple that will be in Jerusalem. In these chapters, with all of the measurements and you know, different measurements that we've looked at, it's kind of tedious uh, for us to read through these chapters, but these chapters would have been an encouragement to those in captivity. As they're sitting in captivity and they receive this revelation through the prophet Ezekiel about this Kingdom Age temple and they would enjoy the details of you know all the cubits and the rods and all of that kind of stuff would be important to them the bible describes four different temples there are two temples that are historic or historical meaning they've already existed and then there are two temples that are described in the bible that are prophetic meaning they're future Uh, The two historical temples are Solomon's Temple, uh, which was destroyed by the Babylonians that we've been talking about in these books of the prophets. That was Solomon's Temple. That's the first temple. The second temple was built after this Babylonian captivity under Zerubbabel and Ezra. It's described for us in the book of Ezra. That second temple was later expanded by Herod the Great, and so sometimes the second temple is referred to as Herod's temple, but it's really the same, the same temple. Uh, the second temple was destroyed by the Romans in 70 A.D. And there has been no Jewish temple in Jerusalem since 70 A.D. The next temple that will be built in Jerusalem will be the first of the two prophetic temples, a future temple. And that next temple, which would be the third temple, that will be the tribulation temple or the temple of the Antichrist that will stand during the tribulation period that we just talked about, that seven-year period. Now, the Bible doesn't have a whole lot to say about this third temple because it's not of God. And so there's only a couple verses, maybe about four or five verses, that give us some information about this third temple that will be the next temple that's built, That's going to be the temple during the tribulation period. There's only a few verses about the third temple. And I just want to read read a few of them to you. If you're taking notes, you may want to jot them down. But first of all, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Daniel 9, 27 describes a covenant that the Antichrist will make. It says, then he, speaking of the Antichrist, shall confirm a covenant with many For one week, and here the word week is speaking of a week of years or seven years. That's where we get the idea of a seven-year covenant. But in the middle of the week, it says, He shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So here it tells us the Antichrist will establish a covenant that will last for a week of years, seven years. And this covenant apparently allows the Jewish people to build a temple and begin their sacrifices again. Because it says in the middle of this covenant, he will bring an end to the sacrifices and the offerings. So that means there must be a temple. Uh, either built before the tribulation or built in the first part of the tribulation that allows for sacrifices to be made. It also mentions there the abominations that will make desolate, and we'll talk more about that in just a minute. Uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 11, it says, and from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days, which is about three and a half years. So there again, it talks about the daily sacrifices will be taken away. And it mentions the abomination of desolation is set up. Uh, but And then there's about three and a half years after that, left in the seven-year period. So this is the midpoint of that seven-year period when this Takes place. Uh, Again, the passage doesn't really tell us what the abomination of desolation is, just that it will be set up in the temple and it will correspond with the taking away of sacrifices. Now, Jesus refers to the abomination of desolation in Matthew chapter 24 in the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, verse 15. He says, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place or in the holy of holies. So that's a little bit more information for us. It's going to be something that is set up in the holy of holies. And he says, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. So Jesus refers to the abomination of desolation that will take place at the midpoint of the tribulation period. It will be set up in the Holy of Holies, whatever it is. And Jesus says to the Jewish people, when you see that happen, when you see that set up, flee to the hills, flee to the mountains.
0: We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners.
1: If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com.
0: Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website, again, is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message.
1: Speaking to the people of Judea, flee from the land of Israel. But again, we're not told exactly what that abomination of desolation will be at this point. When we get to 2 Thessalonians, again, if you're taking notes, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we get some more insight about this abomination of desolation that Jesus warned about and Daniel spoke of. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the second coming, and our gathering together to him, the rapture, We ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. There were some that were teaching in that time that the second coming of Christ had already taken place. You know, they had missed it. He says, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, the second coming of Christ, will not come unless the falling away comes first, And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this is what the abomination of desolation is. The Antichrist will establish this covenant for seven years, Part of that covenant will allow the Jewish people to rebuild a temple, start their sacrificial system again, and then at the midpoint of that seven years, we're told here the Antichrist, who's also called the man of sin, the son of perdition, we're told that he opposes God and exalts himself above all that is called God, anything that has to do with God, he opposes it. And... He will go into the temple and he will sit in the temple as God. And so the abomination of desolation is the Antichrist setting up a throne in the holy of holies of the temple and declaring himself to be God and demanding to be worshipped as God. And this is the abomination of desolation. And this takes place in the third temple. So we've got two temples that are historical temples that have been built and destroyed. We've got this third temple that is to come that will be standing during the tribulation period. Now, let me just say that many Orthodox Jews today desire to have a temple again. And they have already begun the preparation for the next temple. They've already built the furniture and the utensils that will go into and be used In the temple, they've already made the priestly garments for this next temple. They have it all ready and waiting. Uh, You can go to Jerusalem today, and there's a museum in Jerusalem that has many of these articles on display, uh, even out just in a a public square. They have the lampstand, the giant golden lampstand that is going to stand in the next temple. You can see all of this. It's there. In fact, when you talk to some of the Orthodox Jews, they say, we have already begun the rebuilding of the temple because we've already made the furniture. We've got all the furniture built. We've got the priestly clothes made and everything. So in their minds, they've already started the process of building the next temple. And again, you can go and you can see much of these items in a museum there in Jerusalem. You can see the lampstand in Jerusalem. And so there's a, there's a, a segment of Jews who are looking forward to and desire to have a temple In Jerusalem. A couple years ago, 2019, the U.S. ambassador to Israel was uh, presented a photograph at a ceremony. He was presented this photograph as a gift from an Orthodox Jewish group. And the photograph was an aerial photo of Jerusalem. Uh, But in the photo, there was a Jewish temple on the Temple Mount in place of the Dome of the Rock. And when this was presented to the US ambassador to Israel, it was photo opportunity, he didn't realize that there's a Jewish temple on the Temple Mount and the photograph, and so photographs were taken of him holding up this photo and were you know distributed over news outlets around the world of the US ambassador to Israel holding a photo of Jerusalem with a Jewish temple on the Temple Mount in place of the Dome of the Rock, which of course offended. Uh, Many Muslim groups. But that just shows that some Jews have a desire for a temple again. And many Jews who have this desire for the temple to be rebuilt, they'll tell you that the Messiah will rebuild the temple. And they will tell you that's how they'll know their Messiah. Whoever allows them to rebuild the temple, that's the Messiah. And so you can understand how the Antichrist will deceive the Jewish people with this covenant that allows them to rebuild their temple and start their sacrifices. Again, they're going to think he's the Messiah until he goes into the temple and commits the abomination that makes desolation, declares himself to be God. So that's the third temple that is to come. That temple is going to be destroyed by the return of Jesus Christ. And then Jesus will build this fourth and final temple that Ezekiel describes here and these final chapters of the book, Now listen to this passage out of Zechariah. Again, if you're taking notes, you might want to jot down Zechariah chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. It says, Then speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, that's speaking of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, from his place he shall branch out, and he shall build the temple of the Lord, the Messiah will. Yes, he shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall bear the glory and he shall sit and rule on his throne. So he shall be a priest on his throne. So he will be both a king and a priest. And the council of peace shall be between them both. So there in Zechariah 6, it says the branch, the Messiah, he will build the temple and he will sit upon his throne In the temple. That's the temple that Ezekiel sees here in these chapters. So now we're going to get into chapter 42. Chapter 42, where we pick up, it begins by describing the chambers for the priests that will be on the northern and southern side of the sanctuary. The priests, one on the northern side, one on the southern side of the sanctuary area, and I'm not going to read through all of these measurements of it, it describes the measurements of the buildings of those chambers. So in chapter 42, I want you to skip down and look at verse 13. Verse 13, it tells us the purpose of these chambers. Then he said to me, the north chambers and the south chambers, again, on each side of the sanctuary, which are opposite the separating courtyard, are the holy chambers where the priests who approach the Lord shall eat the most holy offerings. There they shall lay the most holy offerings, the grain offering, the sin offering, and the trespass offering for the place is holy. So the priests will eat the offerings and these chambers. So these chambers on each side of the sanctuary, the north side and south side, they serve as dining rooms for the priests. Again, we talked about this before during the kingdom age, people will go up to the temple to worship and they will bring sacrifices. Sacrifices will be reinstituted at this temple, just like in the Old Testament temple. And just as the Old Testament offerings and sacrifices pointed ahead to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, during the Kingdom Age, all of these offerings and sacrifices will point back to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. In a similar way to the way that we uh, take communion today as a memorial of the sacrifice, as a way of remembering the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us on the cross. And so the priests, when these offerings are brought, they'll eat them in these chambers. Then verse 14 says, when the priests enter them, They shall not go out of the holy chamber into the outer court, but there they shall leave their garments in which they minister, for they are holy. They shall put on other garments. Then they may approach that which is for the people. So the priests were not to wear their holy garments among the people. They had garments that they would wear when they would go in to Minister to the Lord and serve the Lord, but when they would go out from serving the Lord in that way, they were not to wear these holy garments among the people.
2: He asked me how I know and I say truer than the finest crystal.
0: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Ezekiel. The Israelites had a difficult time trusting God, especially when things didn't go their way. But despite their wavering faith, God's faithfulness never wavered. He even sent someone like Ezekiel to speak not only truth, but hope. God had something much greater for the Israelites, and He has something much greater for you, too. If today's message with Pastor Dan on Ring of Truth has touched you, and you'd like to know more about how God can change your life, We'd love to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. And we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, We'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study. And we'd love to have you join us. You can visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions, service times, and what you can expect when you join us. We want to say thank you for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the Bible when you tune in next time, right here on Ring of Truth
2: signs and I recognize